I am truly grateful to be a part of this ministry and this community and to come before all of you uh, just to share a word from, from God, from God's word. And so I, uh, I, I, I just want to just, just real quick, can we just give a hand to our volunteers and our team? Like just praise God. Noah, I got so wrapped up in the music, I forgot my Bible. Can you bring my Bible up, buddy? I'll, I'll, man, I was in it to win it there. Thank you, buddy. I was like, wow. When they transitioned into uh, Great Are You, Lord, I, I almost fell out of the spirit. Some of y'all don't know nothing about that. I was like, what's just happened? Uh, for those of you who uh, we haven't met before, my name is John. Uh, I get the privilege of being one of the pastors here, and uh, I'm just excited uh, to be able to share today. Um, I, I am. I'm excited. The Bearcats won. Wow, that was close. That was close. My Browns won on Thursday. I mean, the Buckeyes won. We just need another W. Then this, the, whole, the whole thing will work out today. So, uh, you know, here's praying. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, we've been doing this fun thing with our, uh, our executive team, just hanging out once a month. And, and uh, th- there's a few of us who are going to go to the browns Bengals game. I'm terrified of how that's going to go. Let me be real clear. <laughs> So there may be dissension in the ranks, uh, but regardless, let's jump in. We're in week two of our Better Way teaching series. Um, can we just, we're going to ask some questions today, lots of questions, and just want to actually hear some actual feedback. Um, is there anybody who is interested in a better way to navigate life? Like anybody, like the rest of y'all who didn't raise your hand, you've got it all figured out. You've cornered the market. Well done, you. um, Is there anybody who's looking for a better way to lose weight aside from diet and exercise? Anybody like, right? Like, hello, come on, bottle that. I'll drink it, right? Like, so... You know, Kelly and I, uh, we used to run a whole lot, and, and, and we're running again, um, and uh, we're actually going to run the Flying Pig. This will be our first Cincinnati race, so we're excited about that, um, end of the month here. And, uh, you know, Kelly runs to work out. I run to eat donuts, so we have priorities. Uh, there's a better way, maybe, to work out for me, but, you know, I, I, I got my priorities straight. Um, is anybody looking for a better way to date? Anybody? No one's going to raise their hand. Y'all got that figured out too, single people? Like, really? Really? Tinder? Really? Okay, y'all go there. Pastor, you can't talk about Tinder. Yes, I can. I can super swipe, okay? Yeah, I said it, y'all. Is there a better way than at 2 a.m. at the bar? Is there a better way to date? Listen, um, just for a moment, a quick timeout. Can we just show a little uh, love uh, to our single folks? Because here's the deal, the church hasn't always been good to y'all. Let's just be really honest, right? Especially guys who look like me, they get up here and they talk about families and they talk about couples and they talk about marriage. And the single folk are like, okay, I guess Jesus isn't for me, right? Can just show a little love for the single folk who are trying to navigate life saying, I love Jesus. That period. I love it. So I just started a singles ministry, uh, lots of marriages, will be a year from now, that's fine. See what I did there? I backhanded the thing I just said, it's not good. There's got to be a better way, a better 
way. Okay, to anybody looking for a better way to navigate the news and social media? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Come on, y'all. Like, there's got to be a better way than all the judging and the, the finger pointing and the tension and the division and the just despair and irritation. It's exhausting. It really is. It's exhausting. And, and so how do we get here? No, I really wanted to know. Like, I thought maybe you would shout out. Like, how like, do we get to this place? Where, well, where's the grace? Where's the peace? Where are the answers? <laughs> right? Hey, Jesus, like, you got like a manual for this, like 2021, 2020? Like, where's the hell? There's got to be a better way. Everybody say better way. Better way. Way. There has got to be a better way. That's what this series is all about. A better way. Uh, for those of you who've been hanging out with us uh, for the whole year, uh, we've spent the entire year navigating the Sermon on the Mount. Right? I love that. Never done that in, in, in my entire life in ministry. So I love that whole year we've been hanging out. And so we're rounding, you know, you know, third, heading home. We're coming to the final teachings of Jesus in Matthew 7, finishing up the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus has these very specific life applications about, yeah, there is a better way. Last week, David, uh, he, man, he, he shared with us Jesus' teaching about how not to judge. You know, don't judge or you will be judged, right? And he did it all while holding a bat. It, it was very, like, passive aggressive. And I loved every second of it. You know, I was like, you're going to tell people not to judge them while you're holding a bat? Like, so today I'm continuing in that message. I have no bat. I have no bats today. But I do have some gold to give away. All right, I got gold to give away. Yeah, I, that's called a visa and some gold. Who knows what's inside this gold? I got, I'm, seriously, I need two volunteers who are willing to, uh, to come up on the platform uh, who also are not allergic to peanut butter. Um, so I, I will, Jill, yeah, come on up, Jill, and then I will choose a Ian. Come on up, Ian. All right. All right, so uh, one on either side. Everybody give a round of applause for Ian on my left, your right, and this is Jill on my right, your left. Okay, so we're going to do some trivia. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. No help unless... We ask for help, all right? Here's the deal. There's going to be five questions, five questions. The person who gets the most right gets some gold, all right? Giving away gold today, all right? So uh, five questions. Just if you know the answer, just shout it out. These two, not y'all, okay? All right, so shout out the answer as fast as you can, all right? Man, no, you can't win. See, you got to earn it. You got to earn it. Okay, here we go. Five questions. Each of these questions are about inventors, who have made our lives significantly better. They've created a better way because of their inventions. Oh, boy. Oh, we'll wait for it, but that's not one of them. Good job. In 1879, who invented and patented the first long-lasting light bulb? Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison, she wins. All right, we got one. Hang on, you got four more. 
That gum, Ian. Ian just got baptized last week, by the way, y'all. Give him a big round of applause. All right, now we're going to see if his brain connected to the holy and the powerful water. And All right, here we go. You better get this one. This is a little more okay. All right, ready? Along with Steve Wozniak, who invented the first Apple computer? He also invented the iPhone. Steve Jobs, yeah, wow, he got one. Okay, so it's one to one. Man, this is gonna take a long time. All right, in the early 1900s, who invented over 300 products, including milk, soap, plastic, and paint, all with peanuts? Not Jiffy. Not Procter and Gamble. Who invented over 300 ways to use peanuts? George Washington. George Washington. That guy right here. So nobody gets that one. George Washington Carver. Man, y'all, y'all, y'all are going to have to help them now. Here we go. In 1903. No, I'll go back up. In 1898. Ladies, you better represent. That's all I'm going to say. Who discovered the theory of radioactivity and went on to be the first person to win two Nobel Prizes? Patty Bell, whatever. No. <laughs> Madam Curie. Marie Curie. Marie Curie, not Madam Curie. I'm, I don't know. Judges, should we give her Madam Curie? Oh, dang, they said yes. All right, all right, so this is it. Ian, you gotta get this to go into sudden death, or if you get this next one, you win. All right, so in 1903, who built and flew the first motorized airplane? Yes, the Wright brothers. <laughs> Jesus, we need you. We need you in the minds of an educational youth. All right, now I guess it's two to two. So, so here we go. Nobody got G.W. Carver, let's be clear. So two to two. Here's, here it is, all right. So who invented the first telephone? Alexander Graham Bell. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Here you go. Here is some gold for you. Here, buddy, you can have my gold. Oh, look at that. There you go. I'm going to use that in my sermon. There you go. Both of them walked away with gold. Look at that. Sharing is caring, man. That's rough. I, I, y'all, I, I can't. Where do you go to school, man? Me? <laughs> I go to Lawrenceburg High School. Man, Lawrenceburg, come on, Tigers. <laughs> Dag gum. Man, I know the superintendent. Come on. 
we're going to talk about, we're going to dedicate time to inventors who changed our lives. All throughout history, we had, we had people trying to make and did make our lives better, right? All throughout history. All throughout history, there have been men and women dedicating their lives to making our lives better. 2,000 years ago, there was a teacher and a prophet who was sharing principles on how to make our lives better, right? A better way to deal with the pressures of life, a better way of making the world around you better. Not only that, but he also claimed to be the Messiah, and he claimed to be the Son of God, and his name is Jesus. Have you heard of this man? Some of you have. If you haven't, be careful. He will turn your world upside down, I promise you. Promise you. Now, for those of you that, that, that know Jesus, you know he's not only a great teacher and a prophet, but he is also the way. The way, the better way. He is the way, the truth, the life, right? He offers eternal life. He offers forgiveness for all of your sins. Amen to that. And as an added bonus, he actually invites us into a relationship, not just so eternity can be awesome and heaven can be crowded, but he actually invites us into a relationship right now to make right now better, to bring heaven to earth right now. An invitation to change the world, really, to change the world through Jesus' better way. And so whether you're BFFs with Jesus, you never heard of the guy, and today's the first time you heard of him, you got drug here, you know, under, like, I don't know what pretense, but you're here, and, and, and thanks for being here. But I want to share with you a teaching from Jesus that if we actually applied it, it would actually revolutionize the world. Absolutely. One teaching, one principle, one principle that could decrease crime, strengthen our local and global economy. It would improve our educational system, especially for Ian. It would improve <laughs> our mental health crisis. It would, it would dramatically improve our international relationships. It would restore marriages. It would protect life. And it would transform communities. If we applied this one ancient teaching, it would be the greatest breakthrough of the modern era. Would you like to know what it is? Great. I brought my Bible. You know it's real when I go straight from the Word, you know, instead of my notes. Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all. Everybody say all. all. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Who can tell me what this principle is commonly called? Raise your hand. Yeah. The golden rule. I got more gold. I got more gold. There you go. Absolutely right. She can't catch, but she got some gold. I'm giving away gold, Anna. There you go. Gift card and chocolate. Yeah. The golden rule. 
Jesus summarizes God's will for humanity. Like here, God's will for humanity as expressed through his law and the prophets into one principle designed to govern all human relationships in all circumstances. Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This sums up how to love on babies. It's okay. My goodness, it's okay, really. Mamas, we were talking about single people. Mamas, it's good to have crying babies. It's good to have crying babies. I'm not one of those pastors who's like, you got to get that kid out of here. No. The sound of babies means there is new life in a church. Praise God. Do to others what you would like done to you. This sums up all the teachings of the Old Testament and the prophets. It sums up God's will for his people. It is Jesus' summation of the entire Sermon on the Mount. All of it baked into one statement, the golden rule. How many of you have heard of it? Raise your hand. How many? Yep, 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 yep. How many of you apply it in all that you do? In all that you do? Yeah, I don't either. (sighs) Not always. Not always. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that, like why is it so hard, right? It calls us to a higher standard of living, a higher standard of living, that's for sure a higher standard of love. It requires us to sacrifice, to treat enemies the way we want to be, to to treat enemies with respect, even love, to, to sacrifice our own rights for the rights of others. Oh, man, and in a society where we're like, I know my rights, I got the right to, could you imagine, think about this, okay? Think about this, if a, if a brown-skinned Middle Eastern man stepped into the world platform, right, and showed up on the national stage in 2022 and presented a global reform, this was his platform for change, Right? And he showed up and he said things like this, all right, this is how we're going to change the world. This is how I'm going to build and change everything through my leadership. I want you to treat others the way you want to be treated. I I, I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to love your enemies as you would love yourself. I want you to sacrifice for those that are different than you. I want you to give as you have been given. I want you to forgive as you have been forgiven. I want you to give up your rights for the rights of others. How long would this person last? How long would his campaign last? A week? Maybe? Right? How long would it be before someone tried to shut him up? How long would it be before someone tried to assassinate him? And you realize this is exactly what happened to Jesus Christ. That he stepped into an emotionally charged political arena when tensions were high 
and corruption in the government and religious institutions was rampant, and he stepped in with this message, I want you to treat people the way that you want to be treated, and oh, by the way, I am the Messiah, and the only way to God the Father is through me. And his message was so revolutionary, so threatening to their way of life, threatening to their comforts, threatening to their preferences, threatening to their money. So what did they do? They killed him. Golden rule. That, there's got to be a lot of power in that rule if it was that threatening, right? But it sounds simple. You know, probably some of you, when I said today's, you know, verse was going to be Matthew 7, 12, the golden rule, you are kind of like rolled your eyes like, oh, man, I want something deep. I want to get fed deep. I want to go deep, John. I want to go deep. Man, I would love, uh, Lori Atkins told me this once, John, preach the same message over and over again until everybody actually lives it out. Do to others the, what you would want done to you. Why is it so hard? I, I think some, some of the reasons why it's so hard today is the same reasons why it was so hard 2,000 years ago, right? <laughs> it threatens our comforts and conveniences. It threatens our preferences and politics. It threatens our money and our rights. And you know darn well, ain't nobody coming in here telling me what to do with my money and my rights and my politics. Ain't nobody. Who's this Jesus think he is? Huh? Coming in here telling me how to live my life. Who, who's it? I know what's right, and that ain't right. I'm right, and that ain't right. How many love to be right? <laughs> I mean, let's not lie. Let's just keep it really honest. How many just love? Like, come on, man. We love to be right. Oh, man, we'll go 13 rounds in an argument just to prove we're right. You know anybody like this? Are you watching online with something like, someone like this? If you came here today with somebody like this, I want you to... Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm going to save your marriage. I'm going to save your dating life. going to save... Maybe one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to live out the golden rule is because we're too busy trying to be right. Jesus was concerned about right and wrong. But I would argue, Dr. Grubbs can, can correct me if I'm wrong, through the study of the scripture, I actually think Jesus actually spent a little more time curating and pointing to our hearts when it came to pride and humility. See, Jesus knew that for us to live out this golden principle, it would mean that we would have to die to our pride. Because the golden rule is an absolute threat to our pride, our selfish desires, that something that all of us wrestle with, let's just be honest. Our pride keeps us focused on self instead of others. Our pride keeps us focused on being right and looking down on those who are wrong. And as long as we are looking down on those who are wrong, we can't be looking up to him. 
I want you to seriously think about this right now. Uh, Think back over the last 18 to 24 months. How many times in the last 18 to 24 months have you found yourself slipping into this pattern of trying to be right about this topic or that topic, trying to be right about this or not this, how to try to be right online and try to be right about this in person at work and try to tell all those people who are in your family and in your coworkers, in your school and online and your family, good luck with that again, and they're wrong and you're right, right? That I'm right and I have all the answers and I have all the information and you losers are wrong. Right? And, and, I mean, that just, and then we, we feel like morally superior, right? And, and now it's easier to become judgmental of all those people who are not right and those people who are different. And here comes David's bat from last week, right? And because I feel superior and I've become judgmental, and now it's so much easier for me to become miserable and cynical and self-centered and offended and angry, And unfortunately, this is exactly where we find so many of our friends, family members, co-workers, and ourselves today. And this is the exact opposite of what Jesus wants for us. This is not a better way. Think about this. Jesus was the most right yet he was the least judgmental, the least self-centered, the least cynical, and somehow the most loving. What if instead of showing people how right you are, you showed them how loved they are? And see, Jesus was masterful at doing this. All throughout the Gospels, you know, collected these stories of, of, of Jesus treating people the way that he would have liked to be treated instead of gone to a cross, but he knew it was coming. And he showed them love even when they didn't deserve it. Over and over in the Gospels, there's, there's this story, and it is quite possibly one of my absolute favorite stories closest to my heart. It's in John 8. And it's where Jesus, um, he's teaching in front of a crowd. <laughs> and he's in the temple, you know, he's at church, you know, in Jerusalem. And, and he's teaching there. And, and verse 3, it says this. It says, uh, he was teaching and a crowd gathered. And he sat down and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, the, the, those would have been like, the, the, we're right. Okay, those people. Okay, all right, I said it. Those people. All right. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, they brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and they put her in front of the crowd. Could you imagine that? The humiliation and the devastation, the shame and disgrace. To have your stuff put on blast in front of everybody at the church. What if we did that right now? What if I just picked out somebody and said, come on, come on, come on up here, and I'm going to share with you through the, pro, you know, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the Holy Spirit to discern your junk, and we're going to put you right here in front of everybody. Well, that's what's happening right now, okay? Right now. They're treating this woman, and they didn't treat women very well back then. They treated them like garbage. Just be candid. Study your word. And they throw this woman down in front of them. And the right people said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. True. What do you say, Jesus? And see, they were trying to trap Jesus into saying something that that, that they could use against him. And there's a really cool thing, look and study it here, that if, if actually Jesus said, yes, you're right, stone her, then Jesus would be wrong because only the Romans could actually enforce execution. The Jews couldn't. In that, and, and, but if he said, no, you're wrong, that's not what the law is, then he would be wrong because that is what the law said. So they're trying to trap him, right? What's Jesus going to do? We're going to get him now. And we're going we're to use this woman. Who cares about her? We're going to use her as bait. Cool. Man, I love it. So they're like, come on, Jesus. We're right, and we know it. We got you. And what are you going to say, Jesus? Uh, they were trying to trap him into saying something that could be used against him. So Jesus, what he do? He just said, I ain't paying attention to you guys. He just started playing in the dirt. <laughs> he did. It says he stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. We, we don't actually get to know what he wrote. I'd love to know. Like, was he, like, calling them names? Was he, was he, was he calling out their sin in the dirt? Was he just doodling just to tick them off? Like, like, man, but all we know is he got down. There's the woman. There's him. And he's just like, okay, whatever. Y'all right, people? Are you still talking? <laughs> What's it say? They kept demanding an answer. Oh, don't you know and love how people online, they just demand an answer. And in person, they just want to show you how right and how wrong you. They demand you engage, right? Ah! <laughs> I'm so glad the Bible wasn't relevant to anything we deal with on an AJ basis. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> they kept demanding an answer, all the right people. And so what did he do? He stood up and he said, okay, all right. All right, they got him, right? All right, he says. All right, they're going to say stone him. Stone, stone, stone the woman. All right. All right. But before you stone her, um, let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then in, he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. Dude's got swag for days, man. He's like, all right, cool. You guys want to kill her? Kill her. Go ahead. But the first one of you, the only one who can throw is those of you who have not sinned. Those good. Have fun. I'm a doodle. (laughs) Oh, what's that? Oh. It says, when the accusers heard this, they slipped away. One by one, beginning with the oldest, because life experience will show you a lot, and it'll also show you all the dumb stuff you've done. (sighs) Follow us, young bucks. (laughs) Follow our lead. They slipped away until only Jesus was left with the woman. 
And then Jesus stood up again. And then this is when he lets her have it, right? I mean, this is when he tears into her, right? I mean, he's going, he's, oh, he's going to give it to her now. Oh, oh, Jesus, you know she's wrong. Give it to her, Jesus. All right, let's see. Let's see how it does it. And he says to the woman, where, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Throw, throw stone? They, they... No, Lord, she said. And then Jesus said, nor do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. According to the law, the Pharisees were absolutely right. The woman was absolutely wrong. Yet look at Jesus' response. The response of all responses. I mean, we could just lift this up into anything you're dealing with in life right now with those people. people that you maybe disagree with their choices and decisions and because you think you're right. Look, how did Jesus respond right there? At the risk of persecution, at the risk of his reputation, at the risk of physical harm, he stepped in. He stood with the woman and he stood up for the woman. And then, after all the accusers had gone away, in the context of love, because you, you can't just say you love someone. You have to show it. I'll put my life on the line. I'll put my reputation on the line. I will earn the right to speak some truth into your life in the context of love. He then turns to her after showing how much he loved her. There's a better way for your life. I want you to live a new way now. Go. I wonder what our community would look like if we treated people like that. I wonder how many people's lives would be transformed for the gospel, for the king, if we led with that posture. Jesus lived out the golden rule right there in front of everyone, even though he didn't have to, even though the Pharisees were absolutely right and she was absolutely 
wrong. Listen, you can be absolutely right and look nothing like Jesus. Jesus calls us to be golden more than he calls us to be right. Like, isn't it fascinating that the one person who could have thrown the stone didn't? To the one who they treated like garbage, he gave gold. <laughs> what if we did that? Really, what, what, what if we just get, lived like that, really? Like, we gave out gold, the good stuff, more than we cared about being right. Like, more than we treated people like garbage. Not, you wouldn't probably raise your hand right now to say you treat people like garbage, right? Hopefully you would not, okay? I'm just going to say no one raised their hand, but let's just be honest. We haven't been, like, really treating each other that well, right, you know, lately. You don't have to spend time online to even see that. All you have to do is drive down 128 and see some of the signs in people's yards. You, don't, you just have to hang out and, and, and see flags that people fly that say F things, and, like, and, and I don't care who you voted for. Like, that's not treating people right. I'm very confused. We're not treating people well right now. Right? Get this. David and I got an email last week calling um, a Satanist. <laughs> I, can't, I can't make this stuff up. I really can't. Satanist. Would you like to know why? <laughs> this one was fun. It, it, we, we actually don't get a lot of these emails lately, so it was, that, it was kind of fun. Um, I was like, ooh, this is, this is new. Uh, so it, because we felt that there are times in your life when medication is okay to help your mental health. That's why they sent that. So I was like, oh. Well done, you. Satanist. That's extreme, right? But, but, but just think about your own life. Think about your own choices with people that you go to school with, people you work with, people you engage with on, online. Like, if we don't like whatever it is that people are talking about, if we don't agree, if it doesn't match up with, with how we were raised, if it challenges our comforts, if it goes against our personal opinions, which are always right, if it just doesn't matter, then we flat out treat them like garbage. Can we just give some gold instead? Like, can we just try something different? There is a better way, and it would change everything. Listen, if it was all about being right, then there was no need for Jesus to die on a cross. But yet he went to the cross and died a horrific death to pay for the penalty of all of our sins because we couldn't live up to the standard of being right. It's funny that the only way we actually can be seen as right in the eyes of God is by virtue of 
the golden rule to love his son and show the son's love. <laughs> so, <laughs> In the Gospel of John uh, 13.35, Jesus says this. He says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. There's a lot of things we're trying to prove right now, right? Family, school, online. Are, are, are we trying to prove to them that we love them, or are we just trying to prove a point? According to Jesus, who is, for those of you who have, have, have chosen to follow Jesus, uh, if he is our Lord and leader, then how did he say that we'll, we'll prove to, to them that we love them? Um, not by uh, telling them what we're against, and not by how we vote, not by how we post or how right we are. We will show them that we love them and love him by our love for one another. So very practically, um, here, here, here's my takeaway that, um, man, I, I wish all of us would actually take serious. Uh, let's just say for one week, for one week, let, let, let's try this. And it'll sound crazy, but I think we can do it. This principle was kind of a big deal. And so for us as Jesus people, let's make it a big deal. What if this week we wrote down on a piece of paper or on your phone, you know, made a note on your phone, and we wrote down seven ways we would like to be treated. Okay? Just write it down. Seven ways. Seven ways we would like to be treated. All right? We'll call this our gold list. Man, it'd be gold if you treated me like this, baby. Right? Here you go. Seven things. Here's my list. Full transparency. Here's my list. I want to be loved, supported, encouraged, empowered, respected, given the benefit of the doubt, given the freedom to fail. That's my list. My challenge to you this week is to make your gold list, and then every day this week, every day, when you wake up, pray, have your time, and then go to your list, and I want you to pick out one. So if we did it for a week, we picked out one and said, today, this one, I'll use one of mine, uh, I want to be empowered. Okay. Today, every time I am tempted to go after one of those people, or any time I am tempted to prove how right I am, any time I'm going to show you how wrong I am, instead, I'm going to empower you. What if you did that every day? For a week. Just try it for a week. Try it for a week. Make your gold list. See how it changes you and the world around you. For one week, let's choose gold over garbage. Jesus, I ask that you will empower all of us, that you will remove barriers, that you will build bridges, that you will lift us up and you open doors to be able to do things that only you could do through us. Help us to get out of the way. Help us to treat others the way we would like to be treated. As a people, we come before you right now and uh, 
on behalf of the students, women, and men in this room, uh, we just say we're sorry for the ways that we have failed in this department. And today, we are going to choose a better way. We love you. Amen. What's great is that Jesus knew we were going to need some help. And so, as I talked about earlier, he did the unthinkable. Greatest act of love and sacrifice known to humanity. It's what we call communion, the Eucharist, the Last Supper, when we pause and we remember what he did for us on the cross. If you're in the room and, and you didn't get the elements, the juice and the bread, would you just raise your hand and we have servers that will get that to you. Just keep your hand up. If you're online, now's your time to grab it. Just keep your hand up. We'll get it to you. And, and, and today at communion, I, I just want us to, to, to meditate forward. In what area of our life do we really need to lean in to treat others the way we want to be treated? Man, Jesus didn't want to be treated like that. He, he didn't want that. You don't believe me? <laughs> On the night that he was betrayed, he took three of his closest friends and he went to a garden and he was like, hey, will you guys stay awake for me? It's kind of a big night. I don't want to be by myself. I'm sure they tried the best they could, but they fell asleep. And Jesus alone in the garden, he just wept. He was so stressed. He was so anguished. He says he, he wept tears of blood. Just, he says, I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, would you take this cup of suffering away from me? love that. Such great humanity he showed us. I don't want this. But your will be done, not mine. And so he went to a cross and was tortured. And knowing that that was what his fate was, he gave his disciples one last little pause and said, whenever you gather together, I want you to remember all that I did for you and remember this new covenant to love each other, to love me. And so he took some bread and he broke it and he said, guys, this is... This bread, it represents my body given for you. I want you to take this and eat it. 
the body of Christ. And then in the same way, he grabs some, some wine. And he said, friends, this, is, this wine represents my blood poured out for you. It's a blood that will change everything. It'll create a new covenant, a new agreement that through me, you don't have to have it all together anymore. That through me, you don't have to be sinless. You weren't ever going to be. That through me, you don't always have to be right. You just have to love me. That's what this blood represents. So I'm going to pour this blood out for you. So when, whenever you gather together, I want you to, to take a moment and, and take the cup and remember me. The blood of Christ. And so, Father, we remember you. We thank you for the unthinkable. Father, I ask that you will move in us towards a better way of life and a better way of treating each other. Open up our hearts. Break us of our pride. We need you, Jesus. Very tangibly, we are desperate for you. We love you. Amen.